0: Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. We want to bring you into a conversation we've been having about ways to build a diverse board. The conversation started on ways to update a specific tool that boards use, the board matrix. But there's a lot behind the board matrix. So we thought we would unpack some of that today.
1: Absolutely, Nancy, but we should probably start by explaining what a board matrix is just so we're all on the same page. Um, So on a radio show, it's a little hard because I would normally be holding up a sheet of paper because that's typically what a board matrix is. It's like a chart um, where you have the different characteristics or experiences or um, maybe uh, expertise that you're hoping to find for your mission and movement, and then candidates for the board and or maybe existing board members, and you can see, okay, what's the mix of who we have here?
0: Absolutely. And so we'll make sure we attach a, an example of one to the show notes so that you you can look at what we're talking about. But before we dive in, let's talk a little bit about why. Why do we even, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about diverse boards and this tool in particular? And I think it's important to remind ourselves that we're working on really complex topics that need diverse perspectives, experiences, skill sets, connections. We need lots of different ways of thinking at the table when we're making decisions. And diversity brings better conversations, better decisions, deeper engagement from the community as a whole, and particularly, and this is really important, any community that's touched by your work, that those the people that you are um, building programs around deserve a seat at the table. Absolutely, and that's key and important because remember,
1: nonprofits work in the public trust. We get lots of benefits in our society and and culture as a nonprofit organization. And in exchange for that, we carry the responsibility of actually holding the public trust. And you can't hold the public trust if you don't represent the public. The board is the entity that should make sure at all times that it is actually reflective of whatever your public is. In that case, in my mind, the public isn't just your choir, It's not just the people who love your specific mission. It's your entire community. Um, And you want to be sure that your board reflects that so you can effectively hold that public trust. Now, that's hard to do. I know so many of our listeners, Nancy, are probably saying, I just have a hard time finding a board member, (laughs) someone who'll say yes to doing this. We hear that all the time. And we're instead asking you now to not just take take the first person who another board member knows and is friends with and can force, you know, into that volunteer service. We're asking you to be extremely intentional about who you bring onto your board, who you recruit to your board so that it actually reflects your community and we know that that's a big ask.
0: Right. And you know, the public might be more than what you are seeing yourself and that's why this is a community effort. Absolutely. This, this is inviting a whole lot of people who are already on your board and who are not on your board to help you better see your community.
1: Absolutely. And that takes a classic nonprofit radio show principle. It takes strategy and intention. It takes actually seeing this as one of the most important things you're going to do as a board is make sure that board is reflective of your diverse community. And that means you have to be really thoughtful about, okay, who who should we be thinking about? And what are all the dimensions that they bring to the table to help us make sure our mission and movement are moving forward as best they can?
0: You know, we began this story because I've been creating a new board curriculum. As some people might know, I've delivered a whole lot of board training over the years, as has Sarah. So we've spent a lot of time thinking about boards and thinking about how to support boards to, to do their jobs better and more effectively. And in our past curricula, we had a board matrix and I drew it back up onto my computer and I looked at it and I thought about it. And, you know, that was a tool that I came to probably in, I don't know, 2010 or, or, or you know, a long time ago. And it was primarily focused on demographic information. So gender, race, age, geographic location And, and, you know, that's a great starting point, but it seems like in 2021, we need to be more three-dimensional in our approach. So we need to to flesh that out in a deeper way, add more dimensions to who we are as humans and therefore who we bring onto our boards. So we wanted to talk about, as we're updating the board matrix in our own minds and in our own work, we wanted to update our thinking about this and share what we've been talking about with you.
1: So first and foremost, it's really important to see the matrix not as a checklist. It's not this magic formula box that you put the information in and it spits out and tells you who to ask in your community, and then your board's all fine. It's instead an invitation to a conversation. It's this great way to organize data about who you already have on your board. And that means not just in demographics, but in terms of their expertise or comfort areas or joys, things they like to do for organizations, and also their basic kind of approaches to being on the board, right? Some people are very quiet. Some people are deep thinkers. Some people ask questions every 10 minutes. You, know, you want to have this full range to make sure you're having robust discussion and conversation. So if you start to think of the matrix, not as a checklist that tells you exactly what you need, and you should only say yes to the board person who checks the most boxes, and instead, see it as a conversation for your board to have and say, what is it we're missing? When we when we think about our t- true community, whose voice isn't at this table right now? <laughs> and who then should we be looking for? Whose voice is at the table a lot right now? And how do we temper that with the perspectives of others? So every organization is going to be different. There is no one matrix example. We're going to post one on the show notes, but by all means, please do not just download it and use it. Instead, have a conversation with your organization and say, what do we think we would need to make better decisions or to build more trust in our community or to have more people see themselves
0: in our work? I think that's such a great point. We need to to customize it to our own organizations. I've talked recently with boards that are all women and they need to diversify beyond that. I've talked recently with organizations that are all food bank directors and diversifying beyond that. Who else cares about hunger? And we want to make sure that when we talk about board diversity, we're not seeking out specific types of people who serve only because they represent a demographic group. Certainly in the rise of greater racial awareness and after the murder of George Floyd, many of us are thinking deeply about adding diversity, and we absolutely need to but we are not talking about tokenizing or making this a checklist that you work through, that we want diverse people who also share our passion for the mission, who also have skills and experiences that add to that multidimensional work that we're doing. We are all as humans, multidimensional, and we want to make sure we, we capture that. We want to pay attention to how our own humility in how we make assumptions about people and, and work on those assumptions to invite deeper relationships.
1: Absolutely. And that's where, again, a matrix looks like a chart, but you have to treat it as a conversation.
0: Absolutely. So let's, let's share some specific examples of, of things that we're thinking about updating and adding, and we invite you to join the conversation. So write to us if there's something specific that you want to add as well. So the things that I would update are gender, for example, that we in the old days had male and female. And increasingly, we need to make sure we have non-binary, other, doesn't matter, diversify that a little bit more. We want to make sure we're updating skill, that we've often had accounting or law. You know, we always want that accountant on our board. But let's add things like facilitating meetings, public speaking, Advocacy skill, carpentry, if you're about to build a new building, adult learning, if you do a lot of training, whatever your organization does, think about it in a much, much deeper way.
1: Right. And I think it's really important to think about what is it that they, that someone would want to do on your board. So I've talked to lots of CPAs who are like, I want to serve on a board, but I don't want to be asked to be the treasurer or the bookkeeper. I do that in my day job. (laughs) I'd like to, I'd like to learn about fundraising or I'd like to learn about something else. So keep in mind too, there's what, back to your point about the assumptions we're making about people, just because someone has a day job that, categorizes them in one way doesn't mean that's what they're actually seeking when they come to serve on a board.
0: Absolutely true. Some elements to add, you know, knowledge and access. I think about adding lived experience, adding nonprofit knowledge, you know, folks who know how how to run a board, for example. I think about approach, you know, are, are folks innovators? Are they resource finders? Are they networkers? You know, what is their approach to the work? And then, you know, an introvert reminded me recently that we should add personality, you know, that we don't want a board of all introverts. We don't want a board of all extroverts. We need to consider a blend so that we get the work
1: done. Absolutely. And there's so many rich conversations to be had in in those elements knowledge and access and approach and personality that I think it could be a really fruitful way for your board to have a conversation about your norms and and your culture and what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. I think there's a third category of things that we should also point out. And that is that I think there's the now what elements of a board matrix. In my mind, a board matrix is always made in an Excel spreadsheet. And I think of this as the, as the next tab, you know, like when in the bottom, you can click the tab and open the, open a new blank spreadsheet. And that is, what do we need to know about the people we're bringing on and what they need for support in order to be successful? So I think most often board matrices end with like, great, we're going to go ask Nancy and we're going to ask, you know, Jonathan, and then we're done, right? Like the matrix has served its purpose. And really, there's a there's a next level to it. If we're if we're talking about multidimensional, there's a next level, which is okay, we know Nancy brings certain lived experience or expertise or background or demographic experience. But what is she going to need to be supported in this role as a board member? Maybe Nancy's extremely new to board service, has never never done it before. So while she might need our normal orientation to what our organization does and and the hot topics we're currently grappling with, she might also need some basic coaching on here's what the role of a board is and, and how, how we make that happen. Alternatively, someone else might come to your board and, and have all of that experience, but be really new to your field. Maybe they don't know much about food banks, but they care about social service and justice. So they might need a little extra history and context for what are the big issues food banks face. So I kind of love the idea of creating a matrix for each one of our board members that says, what's the spot where I, as a staff person in an organization, or as the board chair need to acknowledge some extra help So that they can be as successful as possible.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think of it in terms of like a dinner party. Imagine you're planning a really interesting dinner party. Maybe you want it really juicy where you talk about current events or or something really, really interesting. And you invite a diversity of people to have a good conversation. That event doesn't end when they come in the front door, right? That the event continues all through the evening as you're making sure you lift up the voices that maybe aren't comfortable speaking up in front of your dinner party guests. And maybe it means, you know, making sure that different people have different things over the course of the evening, right? The party doesn't end when they walk in the front door. Perfect. All right, Nancy, what's our word of the week? (laughs) Yeah, our word of the week. You know, I I have to say I've been thinking a lot about this word multidimensional. I think of, you know, uh, the way glass reflects light when it is cut on many sides, It's impossible to categorize people. People identify themselves with any range of descriptors. So we invite, for example, as I think about myself and we invite our listeners to think, what are the descriptors that you would use to describe yourself? It's not just one. When you create a board, you invite diverse individuals together. And through their multidimensional interests, experiences, talents, together, you're stewarding forward your mission.
1: Mm, So great. And this will sound weird, but multidimensional to me immediately. I think about those maps that sometimes exist when you go into like a visitor center at a national park. I love going to my national parks. And so when you walk into some of those visitor centers, they'll have those three dimensional maps of the park. Mm -hmm. You You can actually see where the peaks are or the, you can feel the lakes. And I always get so much more sense of place sense of understanding information from those maps that lay out that all the all the elevation changes all the dimensionality of it of the place and so when i think about a board matrix i know it's often an excel spreadsheet or a flat sheet of paper but i encourage us to think about it as those those maps you can you know rub your hands over and feel all the dimensions of when you find a place because that's where we realize where we have strength, where we have things to learn, and where we can picture the whole context of our organization and that movement we're building.
0: I love that idea. I think of the one at Mount Rainier where I love so much. I love looking at that and you see the the big peaks, but also you can feel the textures of the landscape. So you've got both and you're holding that both at the same time. I can totally, I see the connection.
1: So... I think it's important to, again, to acknowledge that point we made at the beginning. I know for many small nonprofits, especially in smaller rural communities, it can feel really hard to find a board member, but if you're intentional about it and you can explain to someone what it is you hope that they can bring to your mission and movement and where that values connection is, we think you can be successful and that it's worth taking the intention and time and strategy, be really thoughtful about who you bring onto your board. You may find it helpful to create your own board matrix as a conversation starter, as a tool to help your organization be intentional about inviting the many multidimensional members of your community into your mission. So check out the example we'll put with the show notes or look up one on your own and then be sure to consider it not as a checklist, but just as a conversation starter. You should definitely email us to let us know how it goes. Simply use the contact form on the nonprofit radio show at www.nonprofitradioshow.com and know that we would love to hear from you and know what elements you're adding to yours. You've got this.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at NonprofitRadioShow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mepp Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.